Hello, everyone. This is Peter. In a previous podcast, I shared that God spoke to me through a dream. The message was that the path to a victorious life is to focus on the love of the Father and the blessing of the Father. In episodes three and four, I spoke of the love of the Father. We now turn to the blessing of the Father. In the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, when the younger son returns, the father says, "Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate." The overwhelming generosity of the father is quite surprising. He isn't just throwing a small party with a few nice dishes; he goes all out. He doesn't hold anything back. This generosity is seen again in the words of the father to the older son. When the older son comes complaining about how the father has never shown him such favor, the father says, "My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours." That's an incredible statement, especially given who is speaking those words. Jesus is showing us a picture of a father who holds nothing back. He shares everything with his children. Jesus is showing us the heart of our Abba, Father. This radical generosity of the Father is discussed in other places in Scripture. To the Korean Corinthian church, Paul says in First Corinthians three twenty one. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Romans eight thirty two says, "He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? All things." This is the heart of our Abba Father; He holds nothing back. In Christ, all things are ours. If we step back and think about this, it's quite incredible. God, the Creator of the universe, who holds all things in His hands, out of the overflow of His love, declares to me and declares to you, "Everything I have is yours." It should make us pause and ask, "Who am I? Who am I?" In the church I grew up in, the message I heard over and over again was that I am a sinner saved by grace, and to that I say yes, that is who I am. By God's grace, I, He rescued me from sin and death. But I'm learning that that is only one side of the coin. Not only am I saved from sin and death, I am saved for something. We see that in Romans eight seventeen, which says, "Now, if we are children." Then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. Ephesians chapters one and two tell us that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms at the right hand of God. Both of these images point to what we have been created and saved for. We are saved from sin and death. We are saved for royalty, royalty in God's eternal kingdom. So who am I? I am a child of my Abba Father, eternally embraced, rejoiced over, and celebrated by Him. But God doesn't just stop there; His blessing goes much further. Father God lifts me up 
seats me with Christ next, next to his eternal throne and says, You are now my heir. You are a prince. You are royalty of my eternal kingdom. This is who you are. This is what I'm saved for. Royalty in God's eternal kingdom. In the very last chapter of the Bible, we get a glimpse of eternity. Revelation 22.5 says that in that eternal kingdom, there will be no more night. We will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Reign forever and ever. This is who we are. This is our destiny. We are royalty of an eternal kingdom. So then this is the blessing of God. God says to us, everything I have is yours, that is possession. He seats us on thrones as royalty of his eternal kingdom, that is position. Both of these things encompass his blessing. But how does this, how does this relate to our day-to-day -day living, our life here on earth? Is this something we can simply hope to attain, just hope to attain in a distant future? We live in a time when the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, but has not yet been realized in full. We live in a time when every ruler, power, and authority are being brought under the feet of Jesus. It will happen, but it's still ongoing, which means we still live in a world in chaos. We live in a world that is in constant battle for honor and glory and power, whether they be in riches, possessions, titles, beauty, talents, accomplishments, or resources. In this age, we are called to live by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 11 one says, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Another way to say that is that faith calls forward the promises of God, bringing it to our present so that His promises define who we are and what we do over what we see and experience. Let me say that again. Faith calls forward the promises of God, bringing it to our present so that His promises define who we are and what we do over what we see and experience. Faith sees into the eternal and glorious things of God, trusting that what we see there is more real than the passing and temporary things of this physical world. We live our, with our feet planted in eternity. We live trusting the Word more than our experiences. For example, the temporal, physical world in chaos will try to breed insecurity in us. We may feel insecure because of a comment someone made, or because we feel lack in finances, or because we were skipped over for a promotion. So many things in life can make us feel insecure and pull us down to live by sight, not by faith. The world will try to make us live as servants of this world, not as royalty of God's kingdom. In those times, we must replant our feet firmly in eternity. We are royalty of God's eternal kingdom. Anything else is less than who God has made us to be in Christ. So then this is the love of the Father and the blessing of the Father. We are fully embraced and celebrated. That's His love. We are seated on thrones at the Father's right hand. That's His blessing. I believe that the path to a victorious life in Christ hinges on knowing and experiencing the Father's love and blessing. But what would this victorious life look like? How will it play out in our lives? 
I believe we will look like this. We will wrap a towel around our waist, get down on our knees, and wash one another's feet. We will become servants of all. It's quite a strange and unexpected picture of a victorious life, but it's the picture Jesus gave us in John 13. It's the way of his kingdom. We will explore this further in the next podcast. That's the end of today's podcast. Thank you for listening. God bless.